Hello, it's Alyssa Milano, and I can't wait for you to read my new book, Sorry Not Sorry. It's a collection of essays where I share my unapologetic thoughts on life, culture, activism, and motherhood. You'll learn some things about me that I know you've never heard before and share in my story as an activist. This book is such a big part of my heart, and so are you, and thank you for that. Sorry Not Sorry is available now everywhere books are sold. Hi, I'm Alyssa Milano, and this is Sorry Not Sorry. Student debt is a crushing burden to millions of families in the United States. Recent efforts by the Biden administration to relieve some of the burden for some borrowers were dashed by the Supreme Court. To help put it in perspective and fill us in on what can be done about this issue, we've invited Natalia Abrams back on the show. Natalia is the founder and president of the Student Debt Crisis Center. Well, relief is on the way for millions of Americans with federal student loans. Today, President Joe Biden pledged to wipe away billions of dollars of college debt. In the 6-3 to decision authored by Chief Justice John Roberts, the conservative justices ruled the president doesn't have the authority to erase $400 billion in debt for 43 million Americans without congressional approval. The Biden administration announced today a new student loan repayment plan that could lower or eliminate payments for more than 20 million borrowers. Now, the income-driven plan will also end monthly interest charges for some and could provide early forgiveness for low-balance borrowers. You know, these Republican officials just couldn't bear the thought of providing relief for working-class, middle-class Americans. I'm Natalia Abrams, and I'm fighting to cancel student debt. Sorry, not sorry. Natalia, you are one of my favorite guests. Welcome back to Sorry, Not Sorry. Remind my listeners who you are and what you do. Thank you, Alyssa. Always so happy to be here. I'm Natalia Abrams. I'm the president and founder at Student Debt Crisis Center. And we have been around, today is actually our 11-year anniversary. And we have been around for 11 years working hard to cancel student debt and help student loan borrowers. It is our theory of change that we need to elevate student loan borrower voices by connecting them with partners, government officials, the media, so once and for all in the student debt crisis. Can you just also, I think it's important that we lay the foundation for this conversation. So can you just tell us just the scope of the student debt problem in the United States? Yeah, so this is a huge problem in the United States. We have over 1.7, it's actually closer to 2 trillion, that's trillion with a T, dollars of overall student loan debt. 45 million Americans that have the debt. Those are folks that have the direct impact versus indirect impact, which is millions more. And we know that borrowers have 50,000 on average, but that's just for undergrad. When you get into grad students, we see balances of hundreds of thousands of dollars for student loan debt. And who mostly are the borrowers? Are there groups who are more affected by student debt than others? 
Oh, absolutely. First of all, women hold over a trillion dollars of student loan debt. They hold two thirds of student loan debt. Then we see borrowers of color and black women actually hold the most student loan debt. And it takes black women 12 years more than their white counterparts to pay off student loan debt. We really see this impacting low income women and people of color. And let's get specific, let's really unpack the many ways the debt affects people. So we always talk about the domino effect, that when folks go to pay back their loans, they you know, often pay on average three to $500 up to thousands of dollars. And that money that goes to student loans doesn't go to saving to buy a house, saving to buy a car. We've surveyed our borrowers so many times during COVID and they use their payment pause, which I'm sure we'll get into, to pay for their children's medication or to pay medical bills. These aren't folks that are taking lavish vacations and living it up, although frankly, they should because they went to college and they work hard in their life. But they're people that are just trying to get by. And that's the folks that we are always looking to help at Student Debt Crisis Center. If you think about it, there are many ways, long-term ways that this affects our country, not just their own personal lives. Because if young people are paying student loans instead of buying houses or having children. So I want to talk about that a little bit. Well, and it's not just young people. You know, we see people over the age of 50 is the fastest growing group, but it's not just their children's debt, it's their own debt. If you're old enough like me to remember the Great Recession and they said to go back to school so you could get a different career, so many of those people ended up with mountains of student loan debt because of that. So this is something that impacts all age groups and often gets coined as just a young person problem, I think, so it can be ignored when in fact this is all age groups and all types of people that have this debt. I can't even wrap my head around this because I'm not a math brain, but how is it that we hear so many stories about borrowers paying on their loans for 10 or 20 years and still have larger balance left to pay than what they borrowed? Like, how is that okay? So this happens all the time. And this is frankly the folks that come to us. We're student debt crisis center. And so folks come to us when they're in crisis. So 10 years is, quote, standard. It's how long you're supposed to pay it off. And most people don't. They go into forbearance or deferment. And that's because they're told to by the loan servicers that our tax dollars pay for. And when that happens, their loan compounds and capitalizes. So we have many capitalizing events, as they say in the industry, that people's balances grow in large ways. And we talk to people that have paid $20,000 on a $20,000 loan, and now they owe $50,000 total. It's just horrific. And there are some fixes, and I hope we get into that, and it's a better space than it was. But I can't stand when people say you took out the loan, you have to pay it back. They have no idea what's happening on the back end. So many people have paid back their original loan balance, and what they owe is ridiculous compound capitalized interest from the U.S. government that should have never been there in the first place. I was looking into the progress of my student loans, which by now has become a habit of mine. You know, I keep checking on it almost every single day like an addiction. And I saw something weird on my federal student loans. And when I saw it, it made me realize how ignorant I was back then and really thought that, you know what, I should have started paying it off from the get-go because now the accrued interest on those loans started to capitalize. I want to go a little deeper in that because I think there are opponents, right? There are people who do not agree with this kind of relief. So when opponents of student debt relief say, don't borrow money if you can't pay it back, are they wrong about student loans? 
Oh, they're completely wrong about student loans. We need to have free education in this country. We are a safer country for having an educated population. That's frankly why the first student loan started through Eisenhower. As we know it today was for STEM majors and to make sure that we were getting educated before the war. We really need to do that. And they're wrong too, because there's so many folks that have tried to pay it back. We were just talking about with that compound capitalized interest. And going back to young people, having this loan that doesn't operate like traditional financial products, we're scaring people away from buying houses. We're scaring people away from loans in general because of the way student loans operate. It is such an insidious industry of loan servicers that again, our tax dollars are paying for. We're paying for this broken system and we're paying to harm Americans. Let's take that money and cancel the debt as opposed to paying bureaucracy. I think both sides can agree that we don't want to have bloated bureaucracy that we're paying for. And we can do that by canceling the debt and not paying to the loan servicers and paying for how we manage the loans. So let's just go back for a second, because President Biden attempted to forgive up to 20000 in federal student loan debt for some borrowers, and the Supreme Court blocked that program. So can you just explain to us what happened there? Yeah, it's been a year. Somehow our anniversary coincided with the anniversary of President Biden today, a year ago. Today's August 25th. He canceled student loan debt or attempted to. It was 10000 for the majority of borrowers, an additional 10. So that was 20 if you were a Pell Grant. Those are low-income borrowers at the time of borrowing. And it wasn't perfect, but it was an amazing step in the right direction. And it definitely helped with this out-of-control interest that people have accumulated. As President Biden said, the Supreme Court got it wrong. Hypocrisy is stunning. President Biden speaking to the nation today after the Supreme Court handed down a key decision to block President Joe Biden's plan to cancel an estimated $430 billion in student loan debt. Missouri Capitol Bureau Chief Joe McClain is in Jefferson City tonight with how the Supreme Court ruling will impact the show me state. The Supreme Court's decision likely came as a big disappointment to the roughly 833,000 Missourians who still hold student loan debt. Meanwhile, Missouri state Republican leaders are celebrating the decision. They're incorrect. There was no reason to invoke the major questions doctrine, which is one of the reasons why we lost. There was no standing for these cases. Standing means somebody needed to be harmed. No one was harmed because so many Americans were having their student loan debt. And I don't know if you know this, but you can't sue just because you're unhappy the way your tax dollars are spent. If so, I know many progressives that would sue for a lot of different reasons. So that's basically what happened here. We have a renegade court that's harming borrowers. And I will say the president is still trying to do what he can, but it becomes more difficult. We have to work on getting public opinion on our side even more so there's no way we can lose at the courts. I'm sitting here thinking about it. And if student debt affects so many borrowers and one party is trying to reduce that burden while the other is not, how come this hasn't crushed that party as an electoral issue? Is it just not sexy? Like, I don't understand why this isn't a bigger part of our platform. That's one thing that President Biden did. Working in this space has definitely given me perspectives. Last year, when he said he was going to cancel student debt, I have said for the last year, we're now in the student debt crisis 2.0. The news, the sexiness, it's there. And we saw a bit of the impact in the midterms that was after Biden canceled debt. I think we're going to see a huge impact in 2024. So many young people, so many borrowers of color, when I talk to folks at the NAACP, say that this is one of the top issues for borrowers and Americans. 
But let's wait and see, because Republicans have student debt, too. And what they try to do, the opposition, is say that this is a bunch of wealthy people with college degrees, and they miss the fact that you can have student debt and not have a degree. People that go to trade schools have student debt. People that take a few classes have student debt. It's completely backwards. And much to his credit, President Biden has vowed to take up other relief efforts for student debt. What else is he doing? So on that kind of compound capitalizing issue, borrowers that have been in repayment for more than 20 years are finally seeing relief. There's this wonky thing called the income-driven repayment one-time account adjustment. You may have heard about it in the news as 800,000 people received $40 billion in relief. And this is not just 10 or 20. This is their entire balance wiped out because they've been in repayment. They were in and out of government repayment programs. They didn't work for one reason or another, and they thought they were going to die with their debt. My good friend Ellie wrote me just a couple days ago. He got $80,000 completely gone. They've been exiting this money out of people's accounts. The opposition has tried to sue this too. It's about to go into appeals, but it's really been brilliant to see the Department of Education act fast and make sure the money's out of people's accounts as fast as possible. And if you're one of those borrowers, you've been notified by an email saying that you are one of the folks, I believe the youngest person was like 41 years old that received this relief. And just to reiterate, the Student Debt Crisis Center recently partnered with the Department of Education on the SAVE plan. What does that partnership entail? Yeah, so the other things that President Biden announced last year that didn't get as much fanfare because it wasn't canceled student debt was new repayment programs. And man, if this would have been announced five years ago, we would have been jumping up and down because it's a really good plan. But in spite of cancellation, it feels not as heavy. Borrowers can enroll in repayment programs. Something that I think we really should bring up is that payments start October 1st. Interest actually begins September 1st, but payments that have been off for more than three years now during the COVID pandemic for a majority of borrowers will resume October 1st. We cannot stop this as advocates. We stopped it many times, but it was codified into law in the debt ceiling. And so I know so many borrowers are waiting for an 11th hour save. We're working really hard to still cancel the debt, but we also want to make sure borrowers are educated and informed with payments coming on. So there's the SAVE program, and there's also other repayment programs that attach your loan payment to your income as opposed to your loan balance. So if you're making $0, you can pay $0, and it does stretch out the payments to 20 or 25 years. The great thing about the SAVE program that's new is that it covers the unpaid interest. The problem with these programs back in the day was that you would accrue interest, you'd see your loan balance go up, you'd get scared and pull out of the program. By the government paying your interest in the SAVE program that helps out low-income borrowers greatly, they predict over a million people could have a $0 loan payment. I know there's a lot of strikes going on, especially in Hollywood. All those folks right now could apply for the SAVE program and be at a $0 payment and lock that in for a year. 
you check a box if you want to have it reauthorized every year. The IRS and the Department of Education now talk to each other. That was another big problem was you had to recertify every single year yourself. And so there are really good improvements to the student loan repayment system. The problem is we shouldn't have that system to begin with. As an advocate, right, we all have our wish lists of what we want to accomplish. In your view, what else needs to be done? We need to cancel student debt. I believe 90 senators and House members just yesterday said that Biden needs to cancel student debt in 2024. The issue of student loans stands to loom over President Biden's 2024 re-election bid. The president's program to forgive a chunk of student loan debt quickly hit a roadblock when Republican attorney generals sued the administration over the issue. The case made its way all the way up to the Supreme Court, where a conservative majority appears unlikely to give it to the green light. Now the president has to figure out how to tackle the issue on the campaign trail. Republicans have not shied away from the criticism of the debt forgiveness, messaging on how the plan is unfair to those who did not go to college or made huge sacrifices in order to avoid debt. Meanwhile, the White House has attempted to show confidence in the legality of the current plan, refusing to talk about alternatives if the Supreme Court strikes it down. Young people, many of whom struggle with student loan payments, are particularly essential to the president's re-election and have been left disappointed and confused with the promise of debt forgiveness that hasn't been delivered. We need to keep trying, even though we got knocked down in the courts. And in the meantime, we want to get borrowers, and it's why we partnered with the Department of Education, into the best possible situation they can be in not just so their financial lives are taken care of, but also so they can join us as advocates. I believe that if you aren't worried and have all that money noise going on inside you, then you're more likely to help us out and inform other people. You mentioned some of the middle of the road measures before, like making student loans retroactively interest-free. Given the political situation right now, do you think the more middle-of-the-road measures would be more likely to pass? I don't. I think that the way the opposition's being, you know, shooting down this wonky income-driven repayment account adjustment, these are things that they never cared about before Biden said he was going to cancel student debt. But now it seems like anything he does, they want to shoot it down. So why not go big? They're going to shoot down the middle of the road policies. Go big. Keep trying to cancel all the debt and see what happens. He'll get public opinion on his side far more. And we have an election to win next year. And you mentioned before, and I just want for anyone who's listening who is in this situation, how in October students will have to start repaying their loans, which had been paused during the pandemic. What do those students need to be aware of? Students and student loan borrowers, this is parent loan borrowers. When we say student loans, we mean parent loans as well. They should go to studentaid.gov. That is the place we always say that should become your number one place to go. They have all of your federal loan information. This is for federal loans. I should clarify private loans. People have had to keep paying. It's a longer road because we're dealing with private entities versus federal entities in terms of canceling the debt. But for federal student loan borrowers, student aid is where you're going to find all the information and be able to enroll in these programs that I'm talking about. Some regulatory measures, I don't know if they're middle of the road, but 
Right now, parents are not included in the new SAVE program, and SAVE is the most generous program, but often we see Parent PLUS loans excluded. And there are other programs if you can't make your payments. And then the other thing is there is a one-year on-ramp, which means that no one's going to fall into delinquency or default for one year. We know what many borrowers will need to make their hard choices, which their, which their budgets are being strained now when they start to repay their monthly loan payments this fall. You know, we know that figuring out how to pay these added expenses can take time for borrowers, and they might miss payments at the front end as they get back into repayment. Normally, this could lead borrowers to fall into delinquency and default, but without their financial, it will hurt their financial security, and that's not good for them or the economy. That's why we're creating a temporary 12-month what we're calling on-ramp repayment program. Now, this is not the same as a student loan pause. It's been in effect for the past three years. Monthly payments will be due. Bills will not go out and interest will be accruing. And during this period, if you can pay your monthly bills, you should. But if you cannot, if you miss payments, this on-ramp will temporarily remove the threat of default or having your credit harm, which can hurt borrowers for years to come. They're going to give you some time to make your payments. Now, interest will keep accruing. Know that and an income-based repayment might be better for you. But if you just can't make that payment or any payments, you have one year, it won't be reported to credit agencies and essentially you won't get into any trouble if you don't make your payment. I'm thinking of this question and I want you to be as dreamy as possible with your answer, like dream big. If student debt is all forgiven, all of it goes away. What changes in our country? The first thing that comes to mind is relief. And what changes in our country is that we uplift the working and middle classes. We have so much horrible income disparity in our country right now. I just saw something on social media about how we are feeling the deep impacts of Reaganomics right now in our life. And I think by uplifting the working and middle classes to have home ownership, to not have crazy amounts of medical debt or debt in general would be an amazing feeling. And that would strengthen our country overall. What gives you hope? What gives me hope is perspective. When I got started 11 years ago with this organization, we were lucky to have a no-name congressperson work with us. And now we have Senator Warren. We have the president of the United States. I never thought the president of the United States would say, I want to cancel student debt. To me, that's a win. I know we haven't gotten there, but the fact that, I don't know, when something is out there, it makes the impossible feel possible. And so that's what gives me hope. Well, Natalia, you give me hope. Thank you for all you do and for being a part of the podcast. Thank you, Alyssa. My plan would not only have life been life-changing for millions of Americans, it would have been good for the American economy. Freeing millions of Americans from the crushing burden of student debt, more homes would have been bought, more businesses would have been started, more couples would have had the competence to start a family. Millions of people would have felt they could get on with their lives. These Republicans blocked all that. Now, in addition to the hypocrisy, some of these Republicans in Congress are shamelessly pushing to advance a bill in the coming weeks that gives hundreds of billions of dollars in tax breaks and handouts to the wealthiest Americans. They still haven't given up on making permanent 
a $2 trillion tax cut that they never paid for. Never paid for. $2 trillion. So let me be clear. Republicans in Congress, it's not about reducing the deficit. It's not about fairness and forgiving loans. It's only about forgiving loans they have to pay. Today, the Supreme Court sided with them. I believe the court's decision to strike down my student debt relief program as a mistake was wrong. I'm not going to stop fighting to deliver borrowers what they need, particularly those at the bottom end of the economic scale. Well, we've created quite the trap for young people. On the one hand, we tell them education is the key to a successful future. And for many, many people, that is true. But on the other hand, we have a higher education system which makes college unaffordable for everyone except the very wealthy. In order to attain the better life we promise them, we make them bury themselves in debt with interest that capitalizes and loan balances that never seem to go down no matter how much money many students pay. It shouldn't be lost on any of us that the Republicans gave a tax cut to the wealthiest Americans that is equal to the entire student debt burden in America, but they still say that we can't afford to forgive student debt. We've led our young people into a trap, and it is our job to help them get out of it. Sorry Not Sorry is executive produced by Alyssa Milano. That's me. Our producer is Ben Jackson, audio editing and engineering by Maciej Lewandowski, and music by Josh Cook, Alicia Eagle, and Milo Bugliari. Don't forget to rate, review, and spread the word. Sorry, not sorry.